0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. Join now and earlier also and in the future segments. Several future segments, in fact, by Mike Tannenbaum. Um, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Series XM, Channel 80, your smart speakers, etc. Guys, last night on Monday Night Football, I was not surprised that Ezekiel Elliott had a game. You you know, look, whether or not he's overpaid or whether you should ever even pay running backs is a separate issue. He's a good player. They have an offensive line. He wasn't going to never have a good game this season. Mike, your thoughts about what you saw last night.
2: Yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to be really hard to stop because they, to me, are the essence mm-hmm. of they could pass the score and run to win. They could beat you both ways, and they did that last night. I thought they just sort of had their way. And I'm a big fan of Dan Quinn, and I think what Dan Quinn's going to do on the other side of the ball, he's getting turnovers. Trayvon Diggs, great ball skills. Mm -hmm. A week ago, we saw Kazi with an interception. Um, I think this is a team that's really – when you put all the pieces together, they should win the NFC East, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, they're going to win it going away. You mentioned Kai Z, a guy who brought over from Atlanta to teach the secondary his system. You know coaches do that a lot where they come from somewhere to a new system, a new team. They bring guys that can teach what their principles are and what it is that they want to do. Defensively, That was, that's what stood out to me is that defense. Just watching how they utilize Michael Parsons, using him in different ways and variations, moving him around on the defensive side of the ball, allowing guys like Trayvon Diggs to all of a sudden start to play to his potential. The Cowboys are going to be a tough out. I know America's team people hate,
2: but they're going to be a tough out. They yeah. just really are. And their first five picks were all defensive players. They're going to get better defensively as because they're so young. And I think when Lyle Collins comes back, that's a really dominant offensive line. They, they were able to move the ball last night. I think Philly losing Brandon Graham was really consequential because mm-hmm. their front – You know, when you think about, like, Barnett, Hargrave, and Cox, like, that's the strength of their team. So, I think Philly really lost a lot when they lost Brandon Graham.
3: And then in terms of Ezekiel Elliott, we have these conversations, Jay, about whether or not you're supposed to pay running backs. Look, who is it that I'm paying? I'm not just going to pay everybody, but there's certain guys at certain times in their careers that you make a bet on. And if it's worth it and you're getting that value out of it,
4: then you pay him. So, I mean, if you know, we always talk about Monday morning quarterbacks. If, if you were in a position, would you still have paid Christian McCaffrey the money that he got, knowing that he's a little bit injury-prone? Like, it, it's I, – I I think I would, but it's one of those things, too. You think about Saquon Barkley, obviously. Like, that old line is still something that needs to be addressed. Contract coming up, like, what do you do with – with the running back that is as talented as him, but now has had an injury last year, and see how he handles it this year. Am I better with him or
1: without? I, yeah. Well, here, here I have a question for you. Or Mike, were you reallocating those resources? I want to ask a, a former GM about paying running backs. Okay, I think there should be an exception in the CBA for this because there's no reason to be a running back. Here's what I would do if I was a team. Here's the best <laughs> argument to draft them up high. Okay. They're great as soon as they're rookies, right? They get production. You don't have to develop them like a tackle or a quarterback. They're hit-the-ground running, so to speak. Five years later, they're mostly used up. You never have to pay them. You can just draft them, get great all-pro production for five years, and never pay them, Mike. Yeah,
2: yeah you no, know, that's interesting. Like, going back to the Zeke decision, first of all, like, they paid him too soon, in my opinion. He held out on Cabo. They should have paid Dak. They could have paid Dak about $32 million at the time. That's where Rodgers and Wentz – and Goff were at, they waited, and they had to pay him over $40 million. I was screaming from the rooftops, pay Dak first, because you already had Zeke under contract for another year, and they could have franchised him. So it was more a question about timing. Tony Pollard, to me, is Mm -hmm. explosive. He is a change of pace back. He was averaging over seven yards a carry going to last night. As it relates to Saquon, the reason I would pay him is he does a couple things. I think he gives Daniel Jones to be a lot better because he is a guy, when healthy, he could hit home runs. Yeah, you you pay.
3: That's what I said. You pay certain running backs. You pay Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara. You pay those guys. You pay Saquon Barkley. You pay Derrick Henry. You pay Curtis Martin. You don't pay Adrian Morrell.
1: There's certain guys. Well, I want to that point something pay. out about that. Okay, I, I think it's the right thing to do in terms of the money they've earned and the kind of players they were. Todd Gurley contract was a mistake. You have to look at the facts afterwards and say, in retrospect, that contract was a mistake. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's contract, in retrospect, was a mistake. The jury is out on Christian McCaffrey's contract because we know he's an incredible player. He's on the field. Let's see if he can stay healthy. But, Max, to key's
2: point, like, if you would take... Christian McCaffrey out or Alvin Kamara out, like those teams would be below average. Yes, yes. I, and I think like if yes. I'm if I'm the Giants, if I'm John Mara, I have to do everything to make Daniel Jones successful, and that starts or with the next a, guy. Yeah, well, then, be- yeah. That, that leads you
4: the question though. Okay? Is Daniel Jones the guy though?
2: He's he's trending
3: in that direction for what it is right now. We have to see if is Joe Judge gonna make it? Is 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 uh, Jason Garrett gonna make it? Is Gettleman gonna make it? Are all three of those guys going to be back next year? Let's assume not, right? Let's mm-hmm. just assume they're gone. The new coach comes in and he evaluates it, as Mike says. We sit down, we're going to look at it. Can I work with him? Because if I know I can work with him and he gives me the best chance to be successful, if Kevin Stefanski, for some odd, weird, strain reason, goes from Cleveland to the New York Giants, Daniel Jones is going to be okay because he'll know what to do with him. But if you get somebody that don't know what the hell they're doing, the first thing they're going to do, ah, get rid of him, Sam Darnold-like. We, we, we're going to save money, and we're going to – and then you're going to mess it up. So you take that running back like Mike is saying, and Saquon Barkley, so whoever the quarterback is is going to be successful. No quarterback in the National Football League with my eyeballs outside of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, who has Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy has ever been good without a running back. Not one. Not one. Everybody as far back as Joe Montana and Roger Craig them.
2: You've got to have right. a dominant running back. Yeah, and what's interesting, Key, like just to build on that, is like if you go to Green Bay, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, they you couldn't let Aaron Jones leave where they no. let Jamal Williams go. And to me, going back to the Giants, yes. like – Saquon is good out of the backfield. Like, he's explosive like McCaffrey, Camara. And as great as Aaron Rodgers is, they didn't let Aaron Jones go. So I think there's
1: another lesson. When Lacey much-
3: was toting the to rock in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers was good. But Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron
1: Rodgers. But, but, but on, how that? much of that is the offensive line? Like, if you have a good offensive line, DeMarco Murray, that's a good back. Right? But like you can get work done with just a good back Marco, behind but, a but, behind a good Max, offensive line. But but Max, but
2: wait, you're look look at the game the other night. They're missing Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins gets hurt. They're on their third tackle, but they have right. Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they got yeah. Aaron Jones, Aaron
4: Rodgers, and Devontae Adams. Wait, Mike T, can we go back to Daniel Jones for a second? So if I'm if I watch, you know, we talk about the similarities sometimes a little bit with Sam Darnold and those situations about, you know obviously trying to make the most, even though he has a lot more weapons. But
2: oh are you making, like, a Sam Darnold, Adam Gates joke? No, oh, no, okay. no,
4: I'm not. But if you watch <laughs> oh, the gosh. Jets reset got... the clock, right, on their quarterback situation, isn't the Giants situation almost the same thing?
2: Yeah, I just think Daniel Jones has flashed more than Sam Darnold so far. Now, can they win with him? Like, that's still a big question mark. So, and by the way, like, the Sam Darnold discussion, like, if just to be candid, like, Joe Douglas can't say this publicly, but I promise you, he's worrying about two things this year. How well his team is playing in Zach Wilson and every – oh, uh-oh. How did did Sam do – because one of the things we used to do is, like, we used to say, like, we have to evaluate our outdoor. When players leave us, do they still play well? Because a big part of team building (laughs) is how they play with somebody else. And if Sam Darnold outplays Zach Wilson, that's something that's going to concern the Jets.
1: But of course he's going to outplay him year one of Zach Wilson's career on a bad team versus Sam darnold kind of set up for success, right? Are they evaluating are they worried about year one to year what is it three or four comparisons to Sam darnold?
2: Yeah it's yeah it's year now he's going to his uh, fourth year but right. year but, four yeah, but my, my point of that Max is like Zach Wilson has to show like meaningful improvement to say that, hey we're convicted that this is the right guy, even if there there will be growing pains. I mean if we go back to Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields as a group, like they all struggled the other day. That's gonna happen. But what I'm saying, when you take the long view at the end of the year, you have to say to yourself, well, Zach Wilson looks like he has the better trajectory than Sam Darnold. But
3: how <laughs> how could how could and not that Joe Douglas got it wrong, but how could you not evaluate a guy who's been in the pros for three years versus a guy in a Mountain West Conference with narrow shoulders, smaller? How could you not see hey, if he goes to somewhere with some talent, he's going to be pretty good. How could you not see that? No. Sam Donald goes to Carolina and he looks like a totally different player.
2: How could you not see that we don't have players on our team? Yeah, kid, that's the hard part of evaluating and, and team building. Like Justin Herbert, I was screaming from the rooftops, this is the number one pick in the draft. How could people not see it? He's on the West Coast. There is a huge East Coast bias when we evaluate in terms of like – People in the SEC get the benefit of the doubt. But I'm not listening to them, Mike. I'm, I'm listening I, to you and yeah, I in my office. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. not and listening to no damn yeah, reporters. Yeah, and Zach Wilson is a smaller guy, and that would be a concern. And I think what you have to do is you have to come in, you have to sit down with Robert Soller and Coach LaFleur and say, okay, if we keep Sam Darnold, what's the vision, and how are we going to put him in a position to be successful?
4: That's so when you guys are talking about a team that had really no weapons, and I'm sitting here talking about Daniel Jones or a team that does have weapons. And, Mike, you tell me. When you think they're gonna win their first game. Oh and three right now. <laughs> Let's be real about it. They, Next they game Should have won four. two already. Week four at Saints. They're gonna win that one, Mike. It's no. eight
3: o'clock if you do. Week, don't week know five
4: at Cowboys, they're gonna win that one? Nope. At home versus the Rams, they're gonna win that run?
2: Mm
4: At home versus the Panthers. Watch CMC be back for that game. Christian McCaffrey.
2: They got a shot at that one.
4: Okay. At Chiefs. Nope. Raiders. Nope. At Bucks. Nope. Then the Eagles. Then the Dolphins. So, like, that, that's what I'm talking about. We can be talking about teammates. They, they are a four-to-five-win team
3: anyway, though. That's what they were going to be. I mean,
1: they really have a win. They just didn't give it to him. Like, there was, he wasn't offsides, and they I shouldn't have gotten another him, shot at the field a goal. Goal. It's a
4: loss. It's a loss. It's not you're right. really a win. You're There's right. no moral victories I, I get it. in professional I'm, sports. I'm just
1: saying, like, <laughs> the difference between the Giants and a two-in-one team is like a play. Two plays is the difference. The margins are very thin in the NFL. And then, if you thought of them as a two and one team, some of those teams that, Mike, you were saying, nope, nope, you say, uh, maybe. Right. Like, it's human nature. Max, you can't help it. We, we talked
4: about this before. Good teams win those games, bad teams find ways by to win those games. By definition,
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com. Mike, keep that GM hat on. This is what LeBron James said to the Mannings, that would be Peyton and Eli, on ESPN2 last night.
5: Jerry Jones offered me a contract. Also, uh, Pete Carroll did uh, as well in Seattle uh, during our lockout time. And it definitely got my my blood flowing again, got my mind racing again, thinking about the game of football, you know, being out there on Sundays. But, uh, you know, we was able to get a deal done in the NBA, and I was back on the court in no time. But I definitely thought about it. I still got the jersey, too that uh, Jerry and Pete Carroll sent me from uh, 2011.
1: Would you have signed LeBron James, Mike A 1,000%. Why not? I mean,
2: great red zone receiver. I mean, you know, the truth is, like, Key was a great receiver and a great blocker. You know, we've talked about that before. He was uh, – people don't understand what value Key always brought to the offense, and LeBron James would have been very similar because he could have blocked and he could have been a great red zone player. So I think there's actually a lot of similarities – From a football standpoint between Key and LeBron. Key, what
6: about you? You think he could have played? I mean, you know the tight end position well, you know the wide receiver position well.
2: I think he could have (laughs) (laughs) said tight end key.
6: I think he could have played tight end. I think
3: so. I don't know that he would have been able to. Mike said red zone, so that means he's detached from the formation. Red zone target, he's big, high balls, things of that nature. I don't know that he could have played receiver. He could have played tight end for sure. But at receiver getting in and out of those breaks, dropping those hips. I mean, he's a bl- a big, big dude. So, it's kind of, you know, what is he, 6'9"? 6'8". 6'8", 6'9", 260. Yeah, that's not a receiver, man. That's a
2: defensive end, tied in. It's know? actually a little bit like Mike Williams from USC, like when he came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's interesting? At J-Well, I have all the respect in the world for you. Like, there is a toughness factor. Like, Uh-oh. there is a toughness hey, factor. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying, team, Mike. Hey, I'm my, just, I mean, exactly.
3: Mike. I already told them that. I said, I, and I looked into the camera. I said, LeBron, you're my boy, and I love you to death. But it is different getting hit in the pros than it is in basketball or high school or college football. It's it like, doesn't mean he different. can't. It just means you it don't know until it. you see it. It means exactly what I'm telling you, Max. Uh, you it think he it can't? Different.
4: It means for me I can't. It, I'm once not, you right. get hit. <laughs> nope. I do, do way, I
3: Do Do I think LeBron James is cotton candy? No. Max, no. But yeah, there's something about yeah. getting hit going across the middle and your helmet goes one way see. and your face goes another. It's a different so, – I've seen guys, and so have you, Mike, 100%. decide to
2: say, you know what, yeah, I'm done. So, so I totally agree with what Keith said. If the four of us were in a draft meeting, we have to put a grade on LeBron James as a football player – under the toughness category, if we want to be kind, we would give it a grade of incomplete. We just don't know. We don't know. We're yeah. not saying he can't be, but there's a lot of other guys we have on tape that we know will go across the middle. We'll dig out those safeties.
1: You <laughs> and know I'm who those saying, guys uh, are? Guys without you, options. Like, the broads no, no, got options. options. Yeah, yeah options. but you have <laughs> no
3: idea. <laughs> Max, let me just tell you something, man. You know who Steve Atwater is? Mm-hmm. Until you get hit by Steve Atwater, it, it doesn't it, Ronnie Lotts and... The, the, the late Sean Taylor,
2: Rodney Harrison,
3: Rodney, when you that's different,
1: no doubt. Uh, what I'm saying is you're not saying LeBron can't do it. You're saying until you see it, you yeah, just I, don't know. I love him. He you just he don't know dunk
2: on people and all that. But, but it's when, different when, when, on when that field. You say he's tough. That's a very ambiguous word. He could be a tough for a basketball yeah, player. Yeah, that's yeah. not getting hit
4: by Ronnie. Lott, well, but let know. me ask you, like how, some of the greatest tight ends in the game. How tall were they?
2: Well, oh, like, Gronk, like six 6'7"? Yeah, there's some big guys. Gronk, 6'7". Kelsey, 6'7". Darren Waller's big. How yeah, tall is Darren dude. Waller? He's six, probably 6'6". Six,
1: yeah, LeBron be the upper echelon yeah, in terms echelon. of size. I yeah. mean, yeah. just
4: if you're throwing that ball high for him to stretch to go get that thing every time, man, that just puts you in harm's way. Yeah,
1: this, this is like boxer. <laughs> this is like <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm holding my
4: abs and my ribs for
3: him. You know what he probably been. He probably could have been one of the best defensive ends in the history of the game. Could have been that, too. He could have came off the edge and, and, and been good at that, too. Like Ed Too Tall Jones? Like a Ed Too Tall or, or anything. Simeon Rice is six. You know, you can be with his motor, his size, and his explosiveness. He'd have been a,
1: almost cursed, but he would have been a you-know-what uh, coming off that edge. Yeah. I, I'm asked sometimes about, like, which athletes would have made good fighters, good boxers? You just don't know until you see him. Like, you know, I might look at Allen Iverson and be like, tough – size, super middleweight, 168 pounds, long arms, fast twitchies. You just don't know till you see a dude in the ring. Same thing with football, right? Like, you <laughs> nah, got to see it. I would love
3: yeah. to see LeBron come across the middle.
2: Back that, the old Mike I'm Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's it. Ask Nate Robinson.
1: Yep. That, I mean, but basketball. <laughs> th- <laughs> what? But, but this <laughs> is the thing. <change. laughs> he had a plan. As <laughs> Jake Paul uh, changed it. But that's the thing about basketball. Everyone's trying to play in the NBA. People who play other sports basically couldn't play in the NBA. Why wouldn't you want to play? It's not full contact. You're not getting punished. You don't have a helmet on. Everyone knows who you are. You have a long career. Make a lot of money. Of course. So so differently, though. LeBron has options. Someone with options. Can they be a great football player? It's hard, right? Yeah, that's Jimmy
2: Johnson. When Jimmy Johnson built the uh, Dallas Cowboys in the mid-'90s, he said, I want people who have no parachutes, that they have to make it in football Absolutely. or they have nothing else. Absolutely. And, and, and there was a lot of, like, grit and tenacity on those Dallas Cowboys teams. It
3: is, there's no question about it. I've always said one of the things that I've looked for just in general about guys that grow up a certain way with that grit and have nothing else to turn back to, those are my best guys. You know uh, it's, it's cool. Mommy and daddy work, and everybody got cars and all that, and you go to nice school and houses plush. That's cool. But the chances of you being as good for me as the guy that has to run through a wall, is he has no options. It's He's got to do it. I've never heard the be- that before. I you like know, that.
2: The, the best question I ever, like you go to the combine, ask mm-hmm. all those questions in over 20 years, the best answer I ever got was I asked a player, like, with your bonus, what's the first thing you're going to do? And he said, I'm going to go buy my grandmother groceries because growing up in our house, we never had food in the cupboard and we're like there's no way this player is going to fail. There's no way. Like he is going to do whatever he has to do to make it. And Rex always used to say to the team, "Hey guys, I want you here. We're going to win or die trying." And the die trying part was really like that's what you're talking about like the, the the tenacity and like that's like the difference between like sometimes a player having an average career or a great career. Yeah, and just- it
3: sounds it sounds it sounds kind of weird, right? That you think about it that way. It's guys, it's certain guys, man, you like, "Well, where did he grow up? What's his lifestyle? What's his family like? You're like, oh, okay. Well, that's why he's not in here at 6 o'clock
1: in the morning, lifting weights till 10 at night. Or, or or a guy like Devin Hester, who we spoke to earlier, who said, you know, he tells his son all the time, you, there are guys who play football because they like it, and then there are dudes who love it. And in Devin Hester's case, it sounded like he needed it. Like he had no choice. He had to play football. Absolutely. Even forget about everything else. He just mm-hmm. loved it, Absolutely.
3: Right? I got a son that could have been amazing, but my son – didn't love football. And he's like, I'm oh, cool. Right. Pops is straight. So I'm straight. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> the reality a lot of, it, of yeah, So yeah. I come to him and I say, if that's not what you want to do, boy, don't do it. Don't waste those people's time. There's other people that would love to be in your position. That, that says, was cool. LeBron.
1: I want to get to this on ESPN2's Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli as the Cowboys beat the Eagles. But the Cowboys were without Lyle Collins. Collins is serving a five-game suspension for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. And sources told Adam Schefter that one of the reasons for the suspension is because Collins attempted to bribe the league's drug test collector. (laughs) Mike, does that bring (laughs) up any memories for you?
2: It does. I had a player X one time who was deep in the NFL uh, policy uh, program. And um, so when you get tested, you have to do two things. You have to produce a specimen and a government ID. So one day in Florham Park, back at the Jets, we had a substitute – collector who goes up to player x and says hey you know i'm here to test you and so he takes a specimen okay now i just need to see a government id you know who i am i i I don't uh, i don't know who you are just i need to see your license so they come and get me in my office they're like mike there is an emergency downstairs like our player was on the precipice of getting suspended because he would not show the id because he was so upset that the guy didn't know who he was
1: it was just a pure ego
2: thing 1,000%. 1,000%. And if he didn't show him the ID, he would have been suspended probably for the next month. And he was a hugely consequential player for in us. In Lila, Collins case,
1: <laughs> in Lila Collins' case, I get it. If we're talking about weed, right? Like if we're talking about uh, cannabis, I understand where a football player may think, hold on. We're, I'm in playing in a league that like I see beer commercials and stuff and all the, the science says it's relatively – like, if anything's worse, it's alcohol, right? Like this is kind of hypocritical. I all right, let me give this guy some money on the side just so I can get through this thing. That's different, whatever the ethics of that. That's Mm -hmm. different than a dude just flat-out refusing to hand someone an ID, right? Like, that's much worse, in my opinion, at least for the team, one would think. Well, that's why we went, got
2: his license and solved the problem, but it was just unbelievable that that's what it came down to. But going back to Lyle Collins, like, you know, they've changed the CBA to make it much more, like, you know when you get tested, like, it's really hard to run afoul of the rules now. Right.
3: And we knew when we They'll were getting tested
0: back
2: then, though, right? Yeah, but it's even less frequent now.
3: Yeah, it's just that we had some knuckleheads in the NFL that just, the Wizinator, that was one. <laughs> the Wizinator. That, <laughs> that, that, that sounds. That was an interesting one, that one. Yeah. What
1: is the biggest concern at 2 and one the Cowboys' biggest concern, having won a Monday Night Football last night. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willimax on ESPN Radio, serious XM, Channel 80.
6: It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. Types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom slash morning. Code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
5: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Cowboys ranked 10th in Key's Real Rankings. If you missed those rankings, why he had the Rams number one, the Bucks only dropping to two. No Kansas City. Check it out in the first hour of KJM Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can chime in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. React to Key's Real Rankings. All right, Monday Night Football, Cowboys routed the Eagles, but there was one situation that left Cowboys fans a little concerned. Um, first off, Mike Tannenbaum here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, what would you have done at the end of the half where Mike McCarthy refused to call timeout on fourth down.
2: Yeah, I, it should have been on third down. It was like third and 23, timeout, timeout, timeout. Like, most of these games come down to one possession. Your offense is unstoppable. I was shocked. I mean, we can talk about fourth down, but, Max, go back to play before. Third it's, th- it's third and forever. Call timeout. You're going to get them off the field. You know they're going to run a screen or a draw, which is exactly what they do to Miles Sanders. They get them to fourth and five. And to me, you're at home. You have a hot quarterback. Your offense is unstoppable. It's inexcusable to me why you don't call timeout, not just on fourth down, guys, but third down.
3: You know, I I look at it a lot of different ways. It it looks a certain way to us as fans, but in his mind, is he thinking we're up 20-7, to don't want to put us in the harm's way. Yes, we can call timeout. We can get the ball back. We can get into two-minute or one-minute offense and probably get three out of it and go in 23-7. to Or... I could be satisfied, not be greedy, take it in at 20 to 7, and not put my quarterback in harm's way. What if there's a sack fumble? We had a sack fumble earlier in the game that resulted in a touchdown. What if there's an interception pick six? Why not just be conservative in this situation and just play into the second half?
2: So I got two responses. Number one, Philly's going to get the ball to start the third quarter, so Mm -hmm. you're going to lose a possession there. Secondly, I understand your point. It's totally fair key. The first play of that drive should be a screen or a draw to Tony Pollard. No risk and only upside. And if he breaks it, you're good to go. If not, then you take a knee. Like, to me, there's no downside in calling timeout on third down, let alone fourth down, and then seeing what you could do. Like, Pollard's an explosive player or or throw a screen to C.D. Lamb.
4: You see, Mike, I, I agree with you on the aggressive mentality to see what's there. And obviously to get a little bit more points on the board, hopefully before the half when the Eagles get the ball back. But this kind of brings up a little bit of a bigger issue or just a narrative to pay attention to. Because, you know, when we had Dan Graziano, we were talking on a show about when you get into playoff football and those inches matter throughout the course of the game, not only on the field figuratively, but literally, okay? Like it has so much to do with clock management. So now that there's history of these last two games, if that happens again for him, Are we going to start? They don't do it, or will we start talking about guys like Kellen Moore, like as a new head coach? Because that's your job to manage that.
2: Yeah, like to me, it's all about like your mindset, like what's your process. Like somebody should be able to say to him, "It should be." I would think Bones Fossil, who's their special teams coach, like, "Hey, what's our process?" Because, like you said, Jay, will for the last two weeks they've made a mistake. They have to fix it. It's a lot better key, as we know, to fix problems after a win than a loss. Hmm. But they have to fix this because at some
1: point it's going to cost them. I, I I still like. People in the NFL, it's such a tough sport. It, it requires so much courage and everything. But I find coaches to really lack courage a lot of the time. Like, they're so afraid, and maybe it's because the media grills them if there's a negative outcome, but there is so, they're so afraid of the negative outcome that they won't try for the positive outcome. I'm going like, to fired, though. Uh, man, I got a job that but, I have to do. I get it. But, but I, get it I get it. But, I get it. I got to
3: be protective
1: of Max. my job. I can't
2: just do what the fans want me to do. But, but, but no, no doubt, but go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, what's ironic about that, he screwed up the, his own philosophy earlier in the game, which is we know Coach Parcells would say, you can lose the game before you can win it. And when you're backed up, he used to tell Dan Henning and Charlie Weiss, you can't toss the ball from the end Don't you up. dare right. toss the ball. Right. So, to your point, Max, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, when they're backed up in the end zone, why are they throwing it? They right. could just run the ball and punt. it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's
1: conservative in some instances when you shouldn't be and
2: when
3: aggressive you, when you shouldn't be. But we'll see when you're backed up. Every, every coach, and Mike knows this, every coach has a different philosophy in different situations. When you are backed up into the end zone, there's only two ways you go. You sprint to the left or sprint to the right. right. That's it when you're throwing the ball. You don't drop back. You get a guy out on the perimeter so he can throw the ball in the stands, and that's pretty much it. You're gonna less likely get holding calls
1: if you're doing those sort of things. And if you're running the ball, run it straight ahead. There's something that you said, Mike, it's and this is something we were talking about earlier. This this applies to chess, right? Which is kind of like football, but not physical, right? The coaches are the chess players. It the You have an expert versus a master, okay? They both experts really good. Masters even better. They both make like, sophisticated moves. Oh, well, that's a good move. Because the the difference is, the master, the move is part of a plan. Right? It's not just perfunctory, oh, that's a good move. It's part of an overall plan. So when you say, you can't really make heads or tails out of the approach because it do, neither it doesn't seem to fit into an overall plan, isn't that a problem? Yeah, it, it certainly is. And really, like,
2: ironically, if we go back, Nick Sirian did something similar. He goes, shotgun empty, and he... Uh, Jalen Hurts makes slightly behind uh, throw to Zach Ertz. Ball pops up. Jordan Lewis should have walked in mm-hmm. for a touchdown. So, Philly did really the same thing. It just, to me, there's just some inconsistencies there. If you're aggressive, great. Be aggressive. If you're throwing out of your end zone, then call timeouts. If you're conservative, run it out of the end zone and don't call timeouts. So, and again, I think Jay Will brings up a great point. If we go back a week ago to the Ram game, there were, excuse me, the Charger game, they, they had some other real questions that, uh, Zerline really bailed them out with a long field goal. But if not, we could have been talking about you know, a two-loss team instead of a two-win team.
1: So 49ers leaving too much time on the clock for Rodgers. Um, Chargers should have taken a knee at the end of the game. Ravens should have thrown a Hail Mary instead of trying a 66-yard field goal. What really is the one that you think like, oh, my God?
2: Yeah, I'll go back to the Charger game for a second because I think they did a really good job. It's fourth and four. They bring the field goal kicker out. They call timeout. They're like, no, 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 no. Let's go with Justin Herbert. They get a false start, so it's fourth and nine. They could have even considered punting. No, we're going to stay aggressive. Mike Williams against DeAndre Baker. That was, uh, you know, obviously a good play. It worked out. But here's the play when it, they get the ball. There's 32 seconds to go, and they score too quick. They should have taken a knee, guys. Bled the clock down to one second call timeout, and then kick an extra point to win the game because even though they score here, Mike Williams had a great game, you're giving the ball back to the greatest player in our sport, in Patrick Mahomes, and to me, you're much better off trying to win on kicking an extra point in the last play of the game. And Aaron Rodgers showed us that night 37 seconds, but why would you give the ball back to the best player on the planet with
1: 32 seconds? Kijan, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. That was Mike Teneman. What are you doing on a little bit, Mike? you come back and yeah, chop it up
2: with I'm going to try to not have my NBA and load match, so I think I'm going to try to come, come back. back. Yeah, yeah, wow, another job. <laughs> wow,
1: let's go. We're soft. We're load managing today. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. Yeah, that includes Chiefs tight end, one of the best to ever do it, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> One of the best to ever do it, let alone one of the best in the game right now. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Travis.
5: Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Max Keyshawn.
0: Jay, what's going on, fellas? What's, what's good, so good Travis?
5: Next key, says,
0: Living the dream, baby. Just trying to find a way to get better and uh, get back on the winning train. You feel me?
3: Oh, you man. sound like you've been talking to some coaches or something, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: That's just year nine, man. I'm, I'm programmed. So they got me programmed out here in KC.
3: Speaking of coaches, uh, your coach Andy Reid was admitted to the hospital after the game on Sunday. What have you heard about Big Red and how's he doing?
0: Um, I've heard he's doing better. I've heard he's also uh, – Got back into the building, and um, you know that's all we can hope for is that he's doing all right. We'll fix everything on the football field. We got a lot of great leaders in the building, and and, and it matters to a lot of guys that w- that we've brought in here in KC. So I think, uh, you know, health is always number one. We gotta we gotta be healthy, and we gotta be feeling feeling like ourselves. And uh, I'm just glad that I heard that Coach Reed is back in the building.
4: TK, obviously, a lot of stuff going on in the country. You know, vaccines, COVID, COVID, and other things. Like, what was your actual reaction in the locker room when you guys found out that coach was sick?
0: I mean, uh, outside of everything going on, you know, and you never want to hear anybody's gonna, you know, take a trip to the hospital, even if it is for precautionary reasons. Um, you know, that's our, that's our, uh, that's our leader, man. That's our, that's our guy. We don't go if uh, if, if Coach Reed isn't there. or – um, it's just, um, you know, it's been it's been a pleasure. My first nine years being able to get to to learn from such a such a great leader, such a great football mind, and um, you know, I'm I'm forever thankful for what he's been in my life, let alone on the football field. So you never you never like to hear things like that, and your first you know your first thoughts just go to the family and and ev- and everybody around, and uh, just uh you know you want to show them support and show them love that you know everybody's out here thinking of you.
3: Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs, tied in, and my favorite tied in in the National Football League, joining us this morning on shine <laughs> J. Will,
0: and Appreciate Max.
3: That. I'm not buttering you up just because you're on the show. I think you that dude though, for real. That's just me. But uh, you know, you guys are one and two, and you started off, you know, looking like Kansas City, but then all of a sudden you dropped the last two. Patrick Mahomes said after Sunday's game that a little bit of adversity never hurts. What's the message in the locker room? based on everything going on in your division right now, Denver's fire, Oakland's or Las Vegas is fire, and then you just dropped one to the Los Angeles Chargers?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a position that we wanted to be in or that we'd expected to be in, um, especially with how, how well we performed in our division the past couple years. I think personally, um, I'm with Pat on this one, man. A little adversity doesn't hurt. I think what it does is it helps mold you as a team and it helps bring guys together. And I'd rather have it late uh, earlier than later on in the season. Um, so we're, we're, we're battling through a lot of, uh, a lot of adversity kind of trying to figure out who, what our MO is this year, knowing that every single year, you got to recreate the team, re reinvent the wheel and really be a, a better team than you were previous uh, knowing how many guys we had come back again this year. And um, from there, it's just, you know, taking it a game at a time, a day at a time. Going to work today, figuring out exactly how we're going to attack uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, you know, it's uh, like I said, one day at a time, one week at a time. Our division is a great division, so I I, I would assume that you know nobody's just going to coach through and win all all of their division games. We got we got a lot of uh, good talent this year, um, and, and and the Raiders and the and the Broncos and the Chargers. And I just think you know it's going to take. Uh, It's going to take the whole season to find out who's going to be the the divisional winners.
1: The great Travis Kelsey on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. Travis, like one of the things about Patrick Mahomes is dude like makes all those incredible plays and doesn't turn the ball over normally. But you guys um, have a bunch of turnovers already this season. What is that about? How do you turn that around?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you can say all you want about, you know, who we are as a team this year, but we've uh, we've personally felt like we beat ourselves uh, these past two games um, with the turnovers, with the mistakes, um, and it's and it's the entire team. It's not just offense and it's not just defense. It's the entire team. We just got to uh, you know lock in a little bit more on 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 the little things, um, and it starts in practice. I don't think that you know this is this is a very uncharacteristic play that we've that we've come. Uh, come out with come out the gates with in terms of turning the ball over and I just I I know we got a lot of guys that uh, it matters to them right I said it before Uh, so we'll fix that problem we'll get it fixed and uh, hopefully we start playing against the other team instead of playing against ourselves
3: Travis you hold a bunch of NFL records for tight ends in your young career Uh, you just went over the 8,000 yard mark congratulations on that earlier this season where do you think in the end you rank or would like to be ranked? With the all-time greats at that <laughs> position, it's all good, man. You can oh, man. you can gloat, smile.
0: I, I couldn't even tell you, man. Listen, I I hope it it does. I hope my football career doesn't end anytime soon, and I hope I just keep stacking, man. That's all I can do. I um I'll let everybody else try and uh, slot me in terms of where I where I am on the on the all-time list, man. But I uh, I'm just I'm blessed to be and fortunate to be in a situation where I can have success. Um, and I got, and I got a lot of guys around me that, uh, that want to play football and have a lot of fun doing it with them. And, um, that's, that's just where I am in my career. Hopefully when it's all said and done, you can put me up there with the, the Tony Gonzalez and the Antonio Gates and all the great that, uh, that I grew up watching.
4: Yeah, man, you're definitely part of that camp, Travis. So tell us why you're joining us today.
0: Yeah. So I'm here on behalf of LG, uh, my series with LGs. Only on OLED TVs gives you a first-hand look into my life off the field, uh, whether it's being an entrepreneur or just having fun beyond sports. Man, you guys know I like to like to enjoy my life outside of football. But LG OLED TV is perfect for watching live sports. Uh, the rich, uh, vibrant pictures uh, give you realistic pictures, man, and I think uh, it only elevates your viewing experience. But it uh, makes you feel like you're right there in the game, or uh, right there, locked into the TV. So I just, um, I, all the, uh, all the series, the rest of the series that I've been putting out on my social media and LG has been, uh, developing. It's going to, the, the next phase is going to come out here within the next day. And it's, uh, it's fun to watch, man. It's fun to be a part of. I, I brought in a few friends uh, of my, of my childhood to, to help me, you know, show off or showcase what I do off the field. And it's just been a whole lot of fun.
4: That's awesome, man. Hey, I got one more for you. So, uh, you joined the Mannings last week, and last night LeBron James was on their show, and he said that on a Monday Night Football with the Mannings, that he was offered contracts by two teams to play tight end, uh, which is incredible, Pete Carroll and Jerry Jones, for their respective teams. So with that being said, Travis, will you invite him to tight end you?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, the invitation for LeBron to come to tight end you is, is open, man. It's there. I got I got him I got him a seat right next to me if he wants to come. We'll show we'll show him a little uh a little bit what it takes, but I think I think LeBron would um fit and match perfectly in a in a Kansas City Chief uniform uh playing the tight end position, man. That guy can he can move, man. I remember watching him in high school, uh basketball, just going down to Cleveland State uh, watching because he used to fill out stadiums left and right, so they moved uh, they moved his games to bigger arenas. And watching him in high school, just being an athlete and and play basketball was one thing, man. But to see all those highlights of of him in high school and his dominance on the field, uh, man, it, uh, it it makes you wonder whether or not he could really do it. But uh, I, I would love to see it happen.
1: Damn. Uh, well, speaking of someone who could really do it, that's one of the best you will ever see, and he's exactly. still in the still in his prime. Travis Kelsey, the great Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs tight end, Super Bowl champion. Thank you, Travis. I'll Appreciate see you, you coming man.
4: On. Thanks, brother.
3: All right, guys. Talk soon. Yeah, see, I would have asked him. I said, man, you didn't invite Tim Tebow. I should have <laughs> asked Tim him Tim that.
4: Tebow alone, man. No, I
3: was just saying. We, we were talking about answer.
4: LeBron. You're bringing up Tim Tebow. Tim could have used some
1: the tight end camp. T- Yeah, t- Tim could have used some tight end, t- <laughs> yeah, t- end youth.
4: Keep Tim Tebow's name out of your mouth.
1: I'm
3: just saying he invited LBJ. Never mind. No, I'm just going
4: to keep it in my mouth. Go ahead, Matt.
3: Speaking
1: of goats, one returns to where it all began and already knows how it's going to go. That's right. He said it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, back after
0: this. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN
1: Radio.